welcome to the Authors on the Air radio show. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Pam Stack. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to my second show of the new year. Before we get started with my guest, I'd like to tell you about some books that have just released this week. Michael Williams released A Fall in Autumn. I love that book title. I'm going to read it just for the title alone. Uh, Jane Risden released Undercover, Undercover Criminal Shorts. Um, there is a new book by Samuel Bailey called The Guilt We Carry, another great title. Um, Carrie Dalby just released Perilous Confessions. And my friend Josh Packer just released Amsterdam Noir, which I guarantee you is going to be excellent. Uh, Amy Hicks, author, released her second book called Dark Street, Cold Suburbs, another great title. Eric Beatner has just released All the Way Down. And Dave Putnam, who is just a joy to read, um, released The Reckless. Well, my guest today has a very interesting bio. Simon Gervais was... Um, an agent in Canada where he lives, he started, um, uh, he joined the Canadian military as an infantry officer and then um, went to an infantry school. We're going to learn about that. Um, he became a federal agent and um, worked with the American DEA. He also was deployed to numerous European and Middle Eastern countries and became a close protection specialist. Now, um, uh, you've heard me talk about this type of work before. We're going to ask Simon about it. Um, he also was transferred to a counter-surveillance unit where he participated in a number of intelligence gathering operations. On top of that, he is now a full-time writer. Um, his books are sold internationally. He is a, a best-selling author. I am so proud to have on this show Simon uh, Gervais. Simon, welcome to Authors on the Air. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting it's, me over. It was, so, it was so nice to meet you at BoucherCon, and I was thrilled because I've been wanting you to be on this show for so long. So thank you for agreeing to be here. Um, congratulations on the release of your new book called Hunt Them Down. Um, this book is terrifying to me because I <laughs> suspect with your, with your background, um, uh, you are so familiar with the drug cartels. So this is your first book in the Pierce Hunt series. Am I right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, I wrote a trilogy uh, with my Mike Walton series, but this one was mm. more about uh, Islamic terrorists. And I wanted to do, I wanted to do something else. Uh, you know, I wanted to I just explore new horizons. And I think Pearson is doing that for me. It's, um, I'm assuming that with your background in law enforcement and counterintelligence and your work with DEA in America and your whatever it is called in Canada, um, you have a lot of true stories uh, that probably bear witness to, to the story that you fictionally wrote. That's correct. That, that, that's why I'm writing a series about this. I'm using, I'm trying to use as much of my background as I can to make a realistic story. And uh, to answer your question, in Canada, it's called the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. We're okay. kind of uh, the FBI, the DEA, the ATF, ICE, all in one big organization. 
Um, so we do regular police work as well as uh, federal police work, like uh, drug enforcement, which I've been doing uh, when I was posted in Toronto. And uh, many of our investigations were international. And, of course, our partner agencies, the United States, for drug uh, investigation was a DEA. So I had the chance to uh, travel to the United States quite a lot to meet my colleagues from the DEA. And welcome them as well in Toronto while we were conducting our investigations together. Um, it seems to me, this is just an observation that has nothing to do with your writing, but it would be nice if we had um, one agency that did everything the way the Royal Canadian Mounted Police do. It seems to make more sense uh, because you, isn't there better coordination amongst the various players when you're under one umbrella there? Oh, absolutely. I think I think the way to do it is to have one big organization, but you have to understand that in the United States, you're close to 365 million. We're only 35 million in Canada, so it's a much easier task for us to manage everything under one roof, and uh, yeah. financially, it makes sense. In the United States, I couldn't imagine how big an organization that would be. Uh, it would be massive. And uh, mm-hmm. one other uh, organization I forgot to mention, um, the RCMP is doing what you guys do in the Secret Service as well. We right. are the protective agency for visiting heads of state and the Canadian prime ministers and his family. Wow. Yeah, it's an awful lot. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about your, your real experience before we go on to the book. Um, you've done so many different things in, in your career in law enforcement, um, both at the state and local, well, I guess the, your, your state yes, level, province exactly. level, right, the provincial level, as well as overall throughout Canada. Is there any part of it that stands out to you most that was probably, I don't I don't know if it's right to say your favorite part of it, your favorite job, but that was most rewarding for you, I suppose. Um, uh, I think the most rewarding, I'll have to admit, it's my writing. Um, having said that, <laughs> to, well, the, the thing is, when you work for the RCMP or the FBI, it's uh, as I'll talk to you a little bit later, it's it's really intriguing. It's fun. Uh, I always woke up in the morning looking forward to go to work. But you have to remember that when you work for such big organization, you work in a box, right? There's limits. Uh, there's sure. rules to follow. Um, but when you write something, you create something from scratch. And when people uh, read it or buy your book, uh, it's very, very rewarding. Um, but to answer your question, I think um, I really enjoy working uh, our counterterrorism unit from 2004 to 2008. Uh, it gives me a chance to compare notes with uh, many of my colleagues from other agencies across the world. And it was really something I believed in. Um, you know, I, I travel all over the world because of that job. So it was a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Having said that, um, that job was a little bit, uh, you know, it's it, it, lots of what we did didn't reach uh, public eyes. Um, another job that I had within the RCMP, because I explained to you we're covering a lot of different agencies here in Canada under one roof. Uh, when I was working uh, protection detail for the Canadian Prime Ministers, that was re- quite interesting. I had the really? chance to serve with... Uh, I, I, actually, I even served on the protective detail of uh, President Obama when he came to Canada and Queen Elizabeth when she, she visited 
when she visited Ottawa as well. Um, so meeting those people is it, it is really really interesting. Um, it's not everybody that has the chance to to serve you know the family of three different Canadian prime ministers. Uh, yeah. I also had the chance to bodyguard uh, General James Mattis when he came to Canada before he was your Secretary of Defense. Uh, he was working for NATO at the time. Right. Um, you know, so I've met a lot of these interesting characters, and we've had the chance. I had the chance to to, to talk with them. Uh, so it was really, really interesting. Yeah, that was my next question. When you were serving in close protection, do you have the opportunity to, to even though there's visits may not last that long, but do you have an opportunity to chat with them to find out a little bit more about them or to uh, form some type of impression about them personally? I think it depends what position uh, you work on the protective detail, because all of I us see. in the protection detail, we all have the same qualifications uh, to get into that detail. But sometimes you're assigned as the motorcade commander. Sometimes you're assigned as one of the bodyguards. Sometimes you're the S2 driver who's driving the luggage around. Um, wow. So it, it depends. If you're in the car uh, with that person, of course you will exchange, but you always see very professional and you don't, you don't ask questions first. Of course, you'll, you'll remain polite and, and reply. Um, but I'll have to say that, for example, with uh, President Obama and the Queen Elizabeth, even though I work on the protection detail, I didn't have the chance to interact personally with them. Having said that, when it's smaller protection detail, like I protected um, uh, the Mossad director when he visited Canada or General James Mattis, then I had, mm-hmm. to, I had the chance to, to talk with them at length and to, to learn about their country and their job and what, what they were doing in Ottawa. Um, having said that, these are details that last only for a few days or sometime a week at most. Most right. of the protective detail I took part of were for the Chief Justice of Canada, Beverly McLaughlin, the U.S. Ambassador to Canada, uh, and the Israeli ambassador to Canada. And with them, I won't say I became close friend, but we became close acquaintance. And for example, the Chief Justice of Canada, Beverly McLaughlin, uh, released a novel uh, not too long ago. I would say about really? And she, um, we actually share the same literary agent, uh, Eric Myers from Myers Literary. And uh, she thanked me in her, uh, at the end of her book and her acknowledgement uh, because we had the oh, chance to nice. exchange. So, it, it was really, really neat. And, uh, you know, so, some of the people uh, we become friend with, uh, friends with. How fun. How fun. Um, I, I think that's incredible and good for you that you had a chance to have those interactions. Um, I bet when you're writing, it gives your books a lot more authenticity as well because you've learned so much about so many different people and what their roles are, particularly in uh, law enforcement or the judiciary. So congratulations on that. Um, let's talk about your first series of books because um, of this new one, Hunt Them Down, is is a, a lot different than what you're when what you have been writing. Um, uh, I was looking at Amazon and um, was the Thin Black Line your first book? The Thin Black Line was indeed my debut novel that was published. I believe in March or April 2015. Correct. That's what I see on Amazon. Now, this is a Mike Walton book. This is the first one which immediately became a bestseller. Immediately. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, congratulations on that. Had how long had you 
been planning to write this book, Simon? That book took me, I would say, about five years to write. <gasps> like really? Author, I think the, the, the first one is the longest because I'm working full time. I'm working 40 okay. hours so a week. I have a family. Right. I have two young kids. Uh, my right. wife's a professional. She has her own practice. Um, so, you know, there was only a limited number of hours I could put into it. And to be honest, yes. at the beginning, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. Uh, so I was reading a lot of books, trying to figure out how, how to come up with a great book on my own. And all of this started uh, when I worked counterterrorism, and I was traveling a lot in plane. And what happened is that I was reading books from big-name authors, and as much as the book were intriguing and fascinating, I thought that the action scenes weren't what they were supposed to do. And I could see that they were actually researching what it was to fire a gun or to be shot at. And I thought that I could write better, better action scenes. So that th- th- this is all it all started for me, just me thinking I could do better action scenes. And of course, uh, you know, I, it was uh, trial and errors. But in the end, I think that Tim Blackline was a, was a fantastic book. And it, I still hold it very dear because Mike Walton and Lisa Walton, they're a little bit the story of my wife and I, to be truthful. Ah. Lisa and I, we both met while well, we were both in the military as well. Uh, oh. So the guy is a former uh, former paratrooper in the Canadian Army, and um, Lisa was a doctor in the military. My wife was a military dentist as well. So it's kind of follow our, our our life. Of course, there was much more drama, and everything explodes sensationally. Our life is not a, as fun as theirs, but uh, you know, it, 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 it's a series that I, I really, really love, and that I truly enjoy writing about. Well, apparently your readers feel the same way because every book after that was a big hit as well. And um, uh, congratulations on that. So have you finished Mike Walton or will there be another one, do you think? I'm not saying there won't be another one, but right now I'm really concentrating on uh, my Pearson theory. I think this is where I want to go right now. So I want to talk a little bit first about you, how you started writing. I'm assuming that you've always been a reader, Simon, because how can you write a book if you don't read, correct? Oh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I started when I was 10, 11 years old to read many, many books a year. And I, I remember the first book, the first adult book that I read was uh, was um, uh, Robert Ludlum's uh, The Born Identity. And I read the trilogy, oh, yes. I think, in a week or a week and a half. Um, you know, we were, wow. I was going to vacation to Florida with my parents and we didn't have the money to take the plane. So my, my mom went to the library and picked dozens of books for me and her. So that's what I was doing during my vacation. I'm a, I'm a single child. So I had no brother or sister to play around and, uh, on the beach. So that's what I was doing. I was reading. That's funny. Um, I, I have often people have often said to me, "Oh, I I have a book I, that I want to write. What should I do?" And I, I I say, "Well, you have to read a lot before you can write, mm-hmm. and then you you have to learn craft." I am a talk show host. I can't teach you craft, even though <laughs> I read about four hundred books a year. Uh, if oh. I don't have it in me to write, so I, I you know you're you writers are my celebrities. So I have to give you a lot of credit for that. <laughs> I I just couldn't do it. Um. 
So Pierce Hunt is very different from Mike Walton. Um, as I said, this was really hard for me to get through because it's about the cartel. And um, it's a very, the way it starts off um, and the destruction just in the first chapter um, really was made it difficult for me to read. And But that's not because it was bad writing. It was so vivid in my imagination that I repeated that chapter over and over in my head for days after I read it. Uh, it that's how well written it was. So I, I, you know, it's not that because it was hard for me to read, it's because of the violence. And I, we were talking in the green room earlier, <clears throat> I grew up in Miami and there was a huge drug influence during the seventies and eighties. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were FBI agents who were murdered by, by the Colombian drug cartels. And, um, you know, a lot of people were getting caught in that. The mall right next to me had a shootout you know, that were right next to where I live. There was a big shootout right. there. So, um, you know, I'm not unfamiliar with it, but I did not re- realize how, uh, how many crimes are overlayered with, with these cartels. And I guess that's what surprised me in your book. <clears throat> the human trafficking aspect of it is very troubling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, I'm tr- I, as I said earlier, I'm trying to use my background to make it as realistic as I can. And, of course, sometimes even if I wasn't a former cop, I think just reading the newspapers or listening to the radios once in a while, you'll see all the violence um, you know yes. that that happened in the world, and even in Canada or the United States, because of the drugs, yes. uh, right. the cartels are extremely violent. Uh, the, the 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 rule um, the, the, the 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 rule towns, villages, and sometimes even cities. Um, yes. So what I was trying to do is, is bring that violence into the United States, so people will realize uh, that what happened in the book doesn't happen every day, but when it but it does happen. And yes. uh, of course, I'm glad that there's people like Pierre Sun to, to to try to stop that violence and you know keep the tin blue line in between the bad guys and the and the good guys. So tell listeners a little bit about this book, since we've we've discussed the first chapter just very very lightly. Um, mm-hmm. Would you kind of give a synopsis for listeners, please? Of course, uh, I would say that Pearson's a former army ranger turned DA agent uh, after something went wrong in Gaza back in 2007. So he starts working for the DA, and in the first chapter, the fat chapters you, you've been talking about is that they're doing a raid on uh, the Black Tosca's um, safe house in Chicago. And unfortunately, Pearson was asked to bring a reporter with him in the mm. car. And he starts tweeting covertly without everybody knowing about uh, the whereabouts of the raid and what they were going to do. And of course, uh, the, you know, the, the, the bad guys learn about it and uh, they, they, they prepare themselves for the DE arrival on scene. And there's a big shootout there. And of course, on his piss, because one of the Asians get killed, and he threatens uh, the reporter, and for this he gets suspended for six months. So, a few. Um, so the, the the books really start when the six month suspension is over, 
and uh, uh, Pierre Sanestas with bodyguarding Vicente Garcia, who's a drug lord in Miami, and uh, somebody who uh, whose uh, whose organization aren't already infiltrated years uh, years ago. And there's a big ambush, and uh, Pearson's daughter gets kidnapped by mistake. Uh, so what happened after that? He just loses control, and uh, he breaks a promise he made years ago not to use Gretrich's violence to um, to reach his objectives. So he just goes after uh, the Black Tusca, who's responsible for the kidnapping. And you see Pearson across the United States, Florida. And then everything ends up in Mexico in San Miguel de Jalende, where he goes after the uh, Black Tosca. You know, um, I know that you, you and I have talked about this on social media, too. You are a huge lover of Miami and the Bahamas. So it wasn't surprising to me that um, you set part of this story in Miami. It was appropriate that it would be there. And... Um, so I I really felt like you got it right when you started the story there. <laughs> you know, I could in, I could vision, envision the places that you mentioned even though location isn't necessarily important. In this particular case it is, I think. I think location is kind of an ancillary character for you because um uh Pierce moves around so much and um in his quest to find his daughter. So um well done, by the way. Um, Thank you. And, and I'm I'm sure that's why you used it. You go to Miami and the Bahamas an awful lot in your personal life, don't you? Absolutely, especially in the Bahamas. We used to go to Miami quite a lot because we used to have our boat there. Um, mm-hmm. Close to the Western Diplomat. And, uh, yep. Uh, yeah, close to the Western Diplomat. I think it's uh, in Hollywood Beach uh, in between yes. uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Yes. And, of course, uh, Beach, exactly. the, the kids – Truly enjoy Miami, my wife as well. And now we've um, we've moved a little bit away from Miami. We still go, but not as often. We spend most of our vacation time in the Bahamas because, again, we love boating, we love the ocean, we love the beaches. And um, yeah, so who knows? Maybe I'll use Pearson in, in the Bahamas at some point. There you go. Well, the Bahamas is definitely a lot more laid back than Miami, that's for sure, or than any place on the south, mm-hmm. you know, southeast Florida coast um, is a little intense at times. Hollywood Beach is getting there. It's building up and building up, but um, I like the Bahamas, too. I'm with you on that. Tell me about uh, your writing, your writing um, uh, life. When, since you're retired from law enforcement now, um, do you write on a daily basis? Are you a disciplined writer like that, Simon? Uh, I try to. Of course, sometimes there's a, there's life gets in the way. I have a, I have two small kids. Um, my wife is an endodontist who has her own practice here in Ottawa, so I'm doing my very best to help her out. Uh, you know, every day if I can. I would say I try to write between three and four hours a day. Um, wow. Right now, I'm finishing up trying to aunt. I'll actually. Uh, uh, send it out to my editor later tonight or very early tomorrow morning. Um, that's book two in the Pearson series. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see where it goes. I'd like to keep writing, I would say, a book every eight to ten months. I think this is something I could do. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think it's important to, to, to be disciplined and not wait uh, until the last moment uh, to do what you need to do. 
Mm-hmm. Well, having a deadline keeps you kind of disciplined, doesn't it? I di- yes, it keeps you honest, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, uh, do you like the actual writing process, or do you like it when you put the end and it's done? No, I love I love the writing process. I really do. Um, I, maybe it's because I haven't done it long enough. I'm not sure. Uh, I've been doing it full-time now for four years, and I love every minute of it. There's not one day that I say, oh, why do I have to do this? I really enjoy everything about writing. I love, I love the community. I'm part of it. Uh, the thriller writer community here at the ITW yes. New York or BoucherCon. There's a yes. group of, I say, 15, 20 of us that hang, hang together all the time. And it, it's, you know, I, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot from them. Who are some of your your companions in this in this uh, writing community? Uh, a lot of former law enforcement officers as well. I'll tell you, Mark Cameron is a good friend of mine. He writes the, the Jericho Quinn yeah. series. Yeah. He's writing yes. the Tom Clancy's right now. Uh, I have He's a good so friend, great. James Jenkins, as well. Oh yeah, I I, I love those guys. Uh, KJ Jim Al, Jim that Hank you probably Hank. know as well. James Jenkins. Yep. K.J. Howe, who's also yep. from Canada, Toronto. She yes. wrote two terrific books about a yeah, kidnapping ransom. Yeah. Uh, I, I just spent the last two days with Mark Greeny in, uh, in the Bahamas. Mark's came great, to visit too. Us. Uh, he's writing Tom Clancy. He's, he wrote, he's writing the Grey Man series. The Grey Man series. Yep. It's fantastic. I'm, it you know, is. I really and love he's that. really an intense writer, too. I mean, first of all, he's a big guy. You know, I think he's a foot taller <laughs> than me, which isn't hard since I'm only 5'3". But, um, but but he's he's really a great writer. I enjoy talking to him, too. Uh, he was a lot of fun. I, I've met him several times. He's a very nice guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. You know, I'm not sure if he... If you ever had him on your show or not, but he's a, he's he's a fun guy to talk to. Yes, so far, everybody you story. everybody you've mentioned has been on the show. So um, ah, perfect. So yeah, yeah, and I like all of their writing. I like every single one of them. They're all great. So um, I'm glad to hear that. Yes. So you expect that this book will be released in about eight months. 10 months? Train, yeah, Train to Aunt is scheduled to be released uh, in September 2019. So about, oh, yeah, about uh, eight, nine months from now. Congratulations. Tell Thank everyone you, where they can find you on the, on, the, on the web. Where can we find you on social media and the web? Oh, they can reach me anytime uh, through my website at simongervaisbooks.com. I'm also on Twitter at Gervais Books, um, Simon Gervais Books on Instagram, and if they use the search uh, engine on uh, Facebook, they can uh, they can look for my official author page as well. And of course, all my books are available on Amazon. And I know as of this morning, Hunt Them Down was still in the top 100 on the overall Kindle bestselling list and was the second most downloaded books during Christmas in the United States. How about that? Congratulations. Really I'm cool. so happy Thank for you your much. success. I love it when when people who are really smart and intelligent and creative do so well. And, and it's always a thrill for me to talk to folks like you, Simon. I wish you the happiest new year with so much success with your books. I hope you'll come back one day. Maybe we'll get Mark on the show and you two can talk to each other, have an in conversation. That might be a lot of fun, I'd, yeah? I'd love that, Pam. That's a, that's a fantastic idea. 
Okay, so I'm going to get with you and Mark, and we'll we'll set a date because Mark's book is new book is releasing, isn't it, or has it come out yet? Uh, Mark Graney to come out. I know he's working yeah. on different projects right now, but there's definitely a new uh, Grayman book coming out very soon. Yes, I think there is too. I think I remember seeing maybe his post or something that he has another one coming out. So, um, uh, you know, maybe you'll come in and interview him. Oh. Red Metal's coming out in July, so maybe um, maybe what we need to do is get you two together and do it in conversation. How about that? Oh, no, yeah, it will be fantastic. And by the way, Mark Green's new Greyman Mission Critical is coming in February, and the Red Metal is a book he wrote with one, one of our friends, uh, yes. Hunter Ripley, about like a Third World War. It's kind of a little bit like Tom Clancy, Red Storm Rising, but with a very right. different twist. Well, he's a fabulous writer, as are you. Thank you so much for being a guest on Authors on the Air, Simon. And um, I, I hope you and your family have a healthy and happy new year. Thank you very much, Pam. Same, same to you very, and yours. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. And I want to thank listeners today. Don't forget you can find our podcast in iTunes. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean, any place where podcasts are found, we're there for the Authors on the Air Network. And thank you, Mom and Dad. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Simon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>